Okay, so last episode I made a comment about knowing what it was like to be trampled. You did. And one of our listeners asked if I could further explain on that fact. Yeah, because when you hear, oh, I got trampled, there's a lot of things that could have happened. Were you uh, in the Lion King, you know, trampled by a stampede Mm -hmm. of wildebeests? Yes, classic. So I thought I'll explain. I owe the listeners at least that. The year was 1999. Do you know that that was the year? No. The year was 2001. No. Probably was 99. Okay. Or 2000. The year was 1999. (laughs) Sure, we can put it that. I was in the heights of my t-ball career in that um, youth little league. Yes. uh, Local recreational sports club. And I was a t-ball champion. You were not a t-ball champion. I was not. I was a t-ball champion. You were. So... I am on first base, and my He's at first. <laughs> my teammate hits the ball, and naturally, in any children's youth sports, wherever the ball goes, the horde mass of children goes as well. The stampede. Yes. And so the ball rolled right into the path of where I was running to second base. And naturally, I was swarmed by probably ten kids. I can't confirm that for you, but uh, in t- it was several kids. In T-ball, they just put, like, 30 kids in the field. Like, they don't have positions. They just put everyone out in the you field. Have positions. Yeah, but there was, like, the way I mean, too the many outfield, they, they're kind of, like, wherever, just kind of stand here. And so, you know, I'm running to second base, and all of a sudden, I am swarmed by these children. I am on the ground, and at some point, I am trampled by these children. Yes. Uh, the area clears... And I'm still laying on said ground. Our coach, which I believe was one of my friends or neighbor's dad. Yes. That's usually how it worked with, you know, the local sports. Had to come out and pick me up and carry me off the field as I was (laughs) bleeding from both knees and crying. (laughs) And, you know, took me off and uh, got got cleaned up nice and and well for the uh, picture day. Of course, picture day had to happen that day. So in my picture, I'm rocking the, um, some sort of cartoon band-aids all over my knees. Yes. Fast forward maybe 15 years, 10, 15 years, I had to get x-rays for something. And, um, this doctor's like, oh, do you know you have a staple in your knee? And I was like, "Uh, no, I was not aware of that. I just had a random staple in my knee. Not like a medical staple, like an actual, just like a staple in a piece of paper was in my knee. (laughs) <laughs> and um, I believe that this staple was put in there when I was trampled on the field. Probably a rusty tetanus-filled staple that's made its way into my knee. It's a good thing you didn't get lockjaw. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah, so that was um, that was the time I got trampled as a four-year-old. What a time it was. Yeah, it was very traumatic at the time. Very traumatic. You know, but made it through. Turned out stronger, and uh, now I have a staple mini. So that's... Souvenir. Yeah, a little souvenir to go with. So I asked the doctor if I should get it taken out. He's like, nah, it's fine. Yeah, because it was underneath your kneecap. Yeah, it's just under my kneecap. Yeah. Just chilling in there. You know. So. Hanging out. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> An extra little bit of metal. You're like Iron Man. <laughs> I am like Iron Man. <laughs> 
Nas. <laughs> we gotta boost some Nas. God. <laughs> did you not like that? No, I did not like that at all. Okay. Welcome. This is Research Ranker Pete. This is Hannah. This is Alyssa. And we are back at it with the continuation of our Fast and the Furious discussion. We will continue with our next movie. We're in the home stretch. We are. The the last lap, one might say. The uh, white flag? Yellow flag? Checkered flag? It's not NASCAR, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's my racing knowledge. I don't know. Quarter mile. The last quarter mile. We're living our life a quarter mile at a time, Hannah. Just like Dom. Just like Dom. So our next movie is Fast 7, which is the seventh movie in the franchise. It's released in 2015. It's rated PG-13 and has a runtime of two hours and 20 minutes. So James Wan was the director of this movie. And um, I was reading something that Justin Lin, who had directed Fast and Furious 6, said that he would not be able to do the seventh movie because he'd be doing, because they were released so consecutively that Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have time to do post-production for the first movie, like for six. So he didn't want to have to be working in two movies. So James Wan was brought on to direct this movie. And it was his first time directing in the series. And he normally had done horror films before that. And this is the final appearance of Paul Walker in the franchise because he, unfortunately, if you are not aware, died in a car accident um, during production of this film. Mm -hmm. So it ended up being delayed and they had to reshoot some scenes and rework some things because clearly that impacted the story. And so I don't want to say part of the reason this movie has the the amount of money it got was due to that, but I feel like that generated a lot of audience because even we heard about, everyone knew Mm -hmm. about this. Like I knew about the end scene and the CGI, you know, how they had to have his brothers uh, for facial recognition stuff. Like I feel like that just was like in the news, even if you didn't watch the franchises, you knew about this thing and about you know what had happened like the see the see you again like the I yeah the music the video song. like blew up after yeah. the, the movie and all that came out right so this movie had the highest opening of all time when it came out in 2015 it grossed 397 million its opening weekend mm-hmm. it ended up grossing 1.5 billion worldwide which is still the highest grossing f- f- movie of the franchise and it was, at the time, the fourth highest grossing film of all time, mm-hmm. like, in 2015. It was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Original Song for See You Again. Did not win, but was nominated. Only 10% of the action of this movie was CGI. They did all the stunts, like, the plane's jump, the cars jumping at the plane, they did that. They filmed two separate entities, like they had the cars coming out of the plane as one thing, and then they also had the landing as a separate thing. But they had stuntmen in the cars, they had, you know, skydivers with cameras on, you know, their helmet capturing things. Like, they said that they had 70% of the cars they put out of the plane landed, and 30% did not land properly, but they got enough that they were able to work with it. The bus stunt was also real. The one where Paul Walker runs up the bus mm-hmm. and jumps off the cliff. Although a stuntman is doing it, right. not Paul Walker. 
And so they used 340 cars for this movie. 230 were destroyed. And it had a 82% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 67 out of 100 on Metacritic. So now let me get to my summary. It's been a long day. Han's dead. And they'll tell you all about it when they see you again two movies later. This movie will push the limits of how sad a movie centered on cars can make you feel. Heists, crazy shit, and surprise Kurt Russell await you. Yeah, I mean, I think this movie is what the last movie was trying to accomplish. Yeah. This movie really feels like a has a finality to it. Mm-hmm. And not just because of Paul Walker, but also just the way it's like structured and the way it ends. Like it really feels like this could have been the end of the franchise. It was it was supposed to be the end. Right. They had planned on this being the end, which is why kind of the last scene feels more like a wrap up. But they love that money. Love that dough. I will just say because we just we talked about the first movie how atrocious it was. I very much appreciated the sound mixing in this movie. Yeah, we didn't have to adjust the volume one time. Nope. And it went from you could hear you know talking scenes perfectly to really loud action scenes and not having to adjust it. Um, I also think that I was kind of bummed because with Gal gone and Mia not totally being in it a ton, you basically right. are just down to Letty again. You get Ramsey. Yeah, that's true. Well, she comes in, like, what, like, halfway through? Yeah, although she's not, like, a car person. She's more of, like, the hacker. And you don't really get to see her more until, like, the next. You know what I mean? Like, she's not super involved. She's not super involved in it. So that was a little bit, like, you know, not great to me. This, though, very much was, like, the emotional movie. Like, a lot of characters had very emotional scenes, moments, and, like, I felt like it was very much like pouring a lot of emotion behind these characters. You don't necessarily get to see that a lot. Yeah, I, we both teared up watching this. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even think I was going to be sad, but then I just was, just knowing that the franchise continues and Mm -hmm. that he can't be part of it, I guess is that's kind of hard. And there was that end scene... I think was filmed differently where they're all kind of at the beach and it really feels like you can tell the actors are it felt real yeah you just kind of felt like the sense of loss yeah especially Dom's scene like at the end like yeah I mean regardless how you feel about Paul Walker like he's right had some problematic things in the past like but it's it's so much different when a character dies in a movie and just the character dies as and opposed the to actor. the actual actor. Because in right. this, his character doesn't actually die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. He, he just kind of leaves, leaves. the They write him yeah. off, essentially. Right. Um, I don't know. At times, it, it, this movie was a little bit slow for me. Yeah. But I also think that... Jason Statham yeah. uh, Shaw is very compelling. Good villain. Like, he's a good villain. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated him as a villain a lot a lot better than his brother was in the last yes i agreed can we also talk i cannot even begin to explain how ridiculous it is that they were expecting us to be able to believe that this movie takes place after tokyo drift it's 2015 tokyo drift aired 
in 20, 2006, it's been 11 years, and you are telling me that I'm supposed to believe Sean is a high schooler? That man is a high schooler? <laughs> he looks like he's 40. He looks like a full-grown adult. I don't understand. I mean, I get why the scene's there. And also cool that they brought the actor back to play Sean, mm-hmm. you know, since Tokyo Drift kind of was just its own world for right. a long time, with the exception of Han, who, you know, because everyone loves Han. So I get that. But I was like, oh, no. I also didn't want to see a Han funeral. I was like, no. I don't want this. That was sad. I liked the racehorse throwback. Yeah. To the first movie. Yeah. You know. One um, of the things that I, I enjoy about, not sp- not just this movie, but the franchise is when you get the f- scenes with, like, Michelle Rodriguez or Ronda Rousey or who was the woman in the last movie? Oh, uh, Gina, Gina Carano. Yeah. When you get their fight scenes, they're so, like, different than what you normally see, I feel like, woman fight scenes in movies. Yeah. Like, they get to just be... Get the shit out of each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, like, pretty. It's not, like, trying to be, like, anything. It's just, like, them fighting. And I love to see that. I like that they don't, like, play it off. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes Hollywood has that tendency to do that. So I do enjoy that. The parachuting from the plane was over the top, but, like, cool that they they could actually do that, Mm -hmm. you know? There was a lot of just casual explosions and... There was, like, a head-on collision. Mm-hmm. Dom and, and Shaw just had a literal head-on collision and both just got out of their cars, like, no sweat, we good. Car chased through a cemetery, like... I almost wish this would have been the final film. Yeah. Because I actually think the ending was done really well. Yeah. I I, think... I thought the ending was done, done very well. Similar to how I felt about Toy Story 3, mm-hmm. where... You almost it almost takes away from that ending, knowing that it's not the the true final ending. Oh my god! And then the power of memory, Hannah, brings Vin Diesel back to life mm-hmm. because you know we can't do chest compressions and do CPR. That doesn't work. What works is talking to him about his life, saying, "I remember everything. You can't leave me because if you die, I have to die too, and I'm not ready to die. So let's go." Wake up, chop, chop. And you know what? He <gasps> he wakes up. Comes back to life. That's all you need. Bring me what? Wake me up. <laughs> wake me up inside. Yeah, pretty much all I have. You know, it was it was good. Sentimental. Mm-hmm. Um, sad at times. Had a lot of good things going for it, though. Yeah. I agree. Um, so, favorite character. I ended up picking Brian. Mm-hmm. Um... I just thought, like, having the dynamic about him, like, being a father and trying to adjust to this, like, domestic life and, um, you know, family. Yeah. Uh, While also still doing, like, the crazy shit, you know, because he was, like, an FBI agent and also, you know, a fugitive and, you know, the adrenaline of all that. So I really, I, like, thought the dynamic worked really well. Yeah, I, I felt like I had to pick Brian. Yeah. You know? Right. But it is interesting to see, because this is the first time we really get to see him in a different role. Yeah. And it's almost like the stakes have changed for him now, mm-hmm. because he has other people to think about. Um. So my favorite scene, I just thought the end scene, because um, I thought it was well done. Um. Just, like, 
the whole prolonged, you know, mm-hmm. like them driving next to each other and splitting off and the little beach scene where they're all kind of just like watching him and Mia and like um, Jack just kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. I thought it was well done. So, and so I, I liked that. Yeah, I think I think I'd have to agree. I think there was a moment right on the beach where Vin Diesel like gets up and he like turns and he starts to talk like do a monologue over like I got like chills yeah. almost which I can't say I've gotten chills many times in this yeah. franchise so that for me was a yeah. win um I don't know that I had a favorite line I have two one is of course a Vin Diesel line Hannah it's time to unleash the beast absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. and then my other favorite line is a quote from you where there's a part where Shaw and Dom are fighting with, like, giant wrenches and crowbars, and Hannah just said, there's too much testosterone in this movie. And I thought that was a great quote, so I wrote that down as well. This movie, like, made me realize, like, how much I just hate being around masculine energy sometimes. (laughs) There was too much. There was a lot of... of of I couldn't. Toxic testosterone masculine energy in this movie. It was just too much. Um, so my favorite car was during the skydiving scene. Um, it was Michelle Rodriguez's car. It was green and black. Yep. And I think it was a Dodge it's Charger. It's a 2011 Dodge Char- Challenger SRT. Oh, Challenger. Yes. Yeah. It's the lime green car. Yeah. Yeah. Letty's car. That was mine as well. I also liked there was the the red and black car from Abu Dhabi was pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, but I think the- The Prince's car? Yeah. Yeah. I liked stole. that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, that car was, like, I was reading, I didn't include it in my background, but I was reading that car is, like, several million dollars, mm-hmm. but they created a less expensive version to destroy because, you know, that car goes through, four, what, three buildings and then yeah. gets crushed on the ground. Yep. All right. Now we are on to the eighth movie in the franchise, mm-hmm. The Fate of the Furious. The Fate of the Furious? Yeah, eight. The Fate. <laughs> the Fate. <laughs> Yeah, because originally I think it was supposed to be called Furious 8 or when I was doing the research, but they decided to call it The Fate of the Furious, which I'm glad because some of these titles can get a bit repetitive. Yeah. So this movie came out in 2017. It was rated PG-13 and it was two hours and 29 minutes. It's 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, 56% on Metacritic, and it was directed by Gary Gray, so not the director from the... Justin Lin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. When we were watching this movie, I said something about, I wonder what the budget was because they just, there's so many stunts. There's so many, I mean, there's so many famous people in it. Like you have to imagine the budget was pretty big. So for this one, the budget was between 250 to 270 million dollars. Oh, wow. Which I think the first movie, the budget was like 36. 38 million. Yeah. Um, And it grossed 1.2 billion dollars. Yeah. Which at the time it came out, it was the highest grossing worldwide opening of any movie until Avengers Infinity Wars came out. Yeah. That and I sense. think it's like the, I want to say it's like the 11th or 12th highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. And it's just slightly below the 7th. Right. Because that made about, I think, 1.25 billion. Right. So it ended up coming out too. Which is kind of insane. One, sorry, 1. 1.5 billion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um. So this movie is sort of how the sixth and the seventh were meant to be like one line. This movie is in a way meant to be a continuation of the seventh movie as well. 
So it's kind of interesting with Fast and Furious because I notice sometimes they do like within the series they do like sequels and stuff like that. Right. Um, it's kind of interesting how that works. But my summary for the movie: uh, submarines, prison fights, and Helen Mirren. In this seventh installment, Dom is forced to make the ultimate decision where in order to save his family he must hurt them as well oh yes i forgot to mention there is a secret baby of course it's a secret baby (laughs) a secret love child as always i have been shocked many times watching fast and furious i did not see that coming no we had to pause the movie to try to do the math to be like okay when did they break up Mm -hmm. what movie was that how many years has it been? Right, because you find out Dom and Elena yes. have a child together, which they hadn't been together once um, Letty came back. Right, which was in the sixth movie. Right, so we were trying to figure out the uh, the timeline. We said it may be feasible, but also it's Hollywood, so it's you know a bit of plot convenience there. What are your initial kind of thoughts on this movie? What did you think of it? As um, a I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun things going on. Like, I mentioned that this is the first time we had, like, a prison fight. Right. And that kind of aspect is fun. And it certainly felt like they were setting up for a Hobbs and Shaw spinoff with all the interaction between Hobbs and Shaw. And now I don't necessarily know if the spinoff came about because of how well the reception was of them paired together in mm-hmm. this movie or if they already were considering making this. Right. Because it certainly felt like that. I liked that dynamic a lot. I thought they work really well together. I liked a lot of the cast. Always love to see more Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Helen Mirren. I mean, who wouldn't want Helen Mirren to be their mom? Nobody, I mean, wouldn't want that. It felt like they were trying to make the stakes really high. I mean, they kill Elena, which sad because she never got to do enough. And I actually liked her as a character. She's dead now. Mm-hmm. Sad times rip, but maybe she'll come back to life. Who knows? I mean, we've seen it happen more than once. And yeah, there was the end of the movie was a bit much. I think the end climatic scene in Russia went on for a bit too long, I felt like, because it was like 40 minutes of just straight action. And also they were not dressed for the winter cold and especially being people who do not live in an area where it gets cold i do not believe that they would be totally content wearing like midwestern winter attire you know you wouldn't wear fingerless gloves when it's like negative degrees outside oh all the time hannah i'd wear no hat i'd wear like a leather jacket you know right totally is what i would wear in negative degrees so yeah i mean i agree with you about this movie i think it's a lot of fun i think it's it's basically the whole concept of what happens when you're forced to make the the like most important decision in your life. Like Dom essentially is forced to choose between his family members, which for him is probably his worst case scenario. Right. You know, and I think what's interesting about this movie and about this franchise as a whole is like even with all like the the batshit crazy stunts and like everything like at the core of these movies, it really is about, like, the relationships and these characters and, like, what lengths you would go to for the people you love. Right. And it's kind of in a way that's nice. But I think, I mean, the whole submarine thing was just insane. It was over the top. Right. I understand. Because I think I think it's hard with these movies because they're constantly trying to top what they've done in the movie before. Yeah. In order to not have it be the same movie over and over again, I get that they have to, like, evolve and stuff, but... 
I think at times it it brings down the movie as a whole. Also, we'll get to it in the next movie, but I was, I think we were talking about this when we watched it. We were not happy with how they were trying to make Shaw this, like, kind of sympathetic, like, anti-hero. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you killed Han. I have no sympathy for you. I can't like you. I'm sorry. Like, we'll get to it in the next movie. The fact that they were, I understand Dom because Shaw essentially saved his son's life. Yeah. And so I can understand him maybe not liking him, but at least being able to say like, hey, the fact that you saved my son's life. But it's like if, yeah, he was, at that point, we think he's responsible for Han's death and so does the rest of the group. And so the fact that they're so willing to just, you know, forget that and move on is it doesn't really fit in with their character ties, I don't think. Like, I really liked Helen Mirren, like you said, in this yeah. movie. There were certain aspects I liked. I also felt like, though, at times they were... It felt disjointed. Yeah. Because they had so many different groups of people kind of doing their own thing. And I guess it somewhat comes together in the end, but it, it, it did feel a bit disjointed at times. Yeah. I think as a villain... Cypher? Cypher. Sir- Charlize Theron. Right. I think she's decent. I mean... Yeah, she's fine. She's not necessarily, like, the hands-on villain. She's more of, like, the... Behind the scenes. And more of, like, the psychological, like, torture villain, <laughs> you know? Gotta yeah. love that. Um, one thing I thought was interesting is this is the first movie in the franchise that has scenes and takes place in New York City, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting because the first movie was originally supposed to be set in New York City because that's the article it was based off was from New York City. So I thought it was interesting that they, like waited this long to finally go to where they originally wanted the movie to take place at right it was like fun it wasn't my favorite there was a lot of good stuff uh <laughs> i liked the rock being like i'm gonna beat your ass like a cherokee drum <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like that's i just like their dynamic was fun yeah and they i mean at the end when he names his baby brian, brian. you know a little yeah. bit of a shout out to paul walker there yeah, I mean, it was a fun movie. I just think in terms of, like, maybe being as captivating as some of them, I didn't feel as invested. Yeah, I think because, like, we all know Dom's not switch sides. The stakes didn't feel, I mean, except for like, killing Alina, the stakes didn't feel, like, that genuine, I guess, mm-hmm. is the way I would put it. Right. I mean, they kill Alina, like, halfway through. Right. So at that point, it's like, you know they're not going to kill the baby. Right, yeah. I mean, you would... For the most part, you know that's not going to be the case. Yeah. And the team obviously knows that there's some ulterior motive there. Like, they know there's a reason. Right. So that's probably what most of it is. I think I'm ready for favorites. Okay. So I'm same here. So my favorite character, which I think is the first time, is Letty. Okay. So I think she, because of the fact that she had to deal with knowing, I feel like she knew something was going on with Dom, but she also wasn't being told what it was. Right. And you got to see a lot of her, like, struggle with trying to still be a part of the team, but she wants to fight for Dom, but also she's, like, feels betrayed and hurt by him. Yeah. And so I like to see her her struggle there, and I think it was maybe the most, like, emotion character development you got to see out of her this whole franchise. I agree. I kind of did two characters. Letty was one of them for the exact reasons mm-hmm. that you said. And then the other one was Rome. I just thought he had a lot of really good humor yeah. in this movie. Um and the dynamic he brings to the group uh, in this movie, I thought mm, I thought that he was really well done. 
But there wasn't, like, one standout character in this movie for me. Like, there wasn't, like, one person I was like, oh, they're mm-hmm. my favorite. I thought it was, like, the group dynamic was pretty good. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so I think my favorite scene is when they're talking about the top 10 most wanted list. Yes. And Roman finds out he's number 11. Yes. That and he was, goes, what yeah. numbers are they? And, like, Ramsey's ahead of him. And, like, they're all listed except for him. And he's so, like, offended by yeah. the fact that he didn't make the top 10. I really liked that scene a lot as well. I thought it was really funny. My favorite scene, I really liked the part where Shaw was rescuing um, Dom's son, and he just, like, puts the little headphones on him, and he's just holding the baby, killing people in this plane. I was like, it was very entertaining. Mm -hmm. I liked that. I think my favorite line was (gasps) Helen Mirren. So they're talking about, it was called God's Eye. God's Eye. It's like a hacking device. Yeah, a hacking device. And she's like, devil's bum hole, or whatever it's called. That was my favorite line as well. She's like, it's called the devil's bum hole or something like that. I was like, I never thought I'd hear Helen Mirren say that. I know. I loved it. And then my favorite car, it was the car that Roman was driving when they um, were like harpooning Vin Diesel's car and trying to drag it. It Mm -hmm. It was red and white. Yep. It's a 2010 Bentley Continental GT... Vorsteiner Vorsteiner BR9 edition yes very long car title so I had two cars both my cars were cars driven by Rome one Mm. of them was the car that you just mentioned and then later he drives a lead uh I was trying to say Lamborghini a red Lambo um Murcielago LP640 it's just like this really sleek red Lamborghini Mm -hmm. I really liked it as well. Yeah. And I like had written down both those cars and I was looking and I'm like, okay, who drove these? I'm like, okay, Rome drove this one. Yeah. And he also drove, this, drove one. this one. So I'm like, okay, it all fits. Yeah. Okay. And now I'm very excited, Hannah. We had a first for our podcast. We went to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. We saw F9 or Fast and Furious 9 in theaters yesterday, last night. And I am was so excited because we brought our notebooks we went into the movie theater i took some notes although they're very sideways because it couldn't really see super well i had my notebook on my lap and i completely forgot about it until the end of the movie so i took notes in the car right after i took some more notes in the car because i took a little bit here and there but yeah it was really fun i was really Mm -hmm. excited to get to do that because, you know, we don't always, you know, we're not like movie critics. Right. But, you know, some of the things we cover are movies. So it was fun getting to do that, getting to go and see movies in the theater. But again, as we discussed earlier in our last episode, if you had told me that my first movie back in the movie theaters after the pandemic would be F9. I would have said F you. (laughs) Get the F out of here. I have a question pertaining okay. to this movie theater aspect. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Go, no, just okay. go. I think I know you're going to ask me. Well, no. This is just a question. I was just thinking about this. Okay. Do you think the fact that this is the only movie of this franchise we've seen in the movie theaters, that that will impact how we feel about it? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, I wrote a note about that because I am unsure if... A spoiler, if I enjoyed this movie more because I saw mm-hmm. it in a movie theater and I haven't been in a movie theater in, like, almost two years. And I think the movie theater experience is a little bit different. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's a bigger screen. Like, I feel like the sound, you're more surround sound. And also just, I think we were more excited because we haven't been to a movie in so right. long. 
And so I think maybe that's... I wonder if I watch this movie in, like, a year, like, just at home, how right. I'd feel about it. No, I completely agree. Yeah. I was going to say something about that later. Because I, I did enjoy this movie. I mean, I'll yeah. let you get into some background stuff first, yeah. but I, I enjoyed it. Same. Yeah. Same here. And also, can we just discuss the amount of people who got up during this movie? I don't know if I've just forgotten what people are like in movie theaters, but people were getting up every five minutes and it was the same people would get up like four or five times and just like casually walk out and i was like okay maybe they're getting refills Mm -hmm. didn't come back with anything like people were getting up like five minutes into the movie yeah and there was a there was a part where like literally i think like 10 different people all stood up and got up and i was like what is happening i was like did we just forget what it's like or what but yeah that there there was a kid next to me who was just on his phone the Mm -hmm. entire movie And I'm like, okay, why did you come here then? Right. But yes, let's talk about Mm. some background. So Justin Lin, the director, has returned for this movie. Um, He was missing from the previous two entries, but he's back now. They also had a um, a new writer for the screenplay because Chris Morgan, who had written the second movie up till eight, he went to work on Hobbs and Shaw, so he was unable to write this movie. So they brought in a new writer to write the screenplay. So this movie had five different release dates, ranging from 2019 to its release date, which was last week. Yeah. And it was originally, like, the set air date was April 1st, 2020, but then due to the pandemic, it got pushed back to 2021. It has a rating of PG-13. Clearly, it has come out in 2021. It has a runtime of two hours and 25 minutes. So far, it has grossed uh, $405 million mm-hmm. in the box office. A lot of that is the international audience because it released a month early in um, internationally and is just released now in the United States. The Rock was supposed to be in this movie, but he then left because they were creating the spinoff. So initially he was signed on for this movie and then later uh, confirmed that he was no longer in it to be in Hobson Shaw. Now, so far, because again, this is a new release movie, it currently has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 59 out of 100 on Metacritic. And the producers and um, studios have said that the series will conclude with a 10th and 11th -hmm. installment. But again, they've said that they were going to conclude the series before and look how many movies we've gotten after that point. Right. (laughs) So we'll see. That's all I have for background, so now I will give my summary. <clears throat> Head back to the theater this summer to see a Fast and the Furious film that actually acknowledges the existence of Tokyo Drift outside of Han. Oh, but he's also back as well. The gang's all here to take on family. Don and Mia's brother, John Cena. Cars will fly like Tarzan, dodge landmines, and somehow survive space. So, can we just, I just want to first address the the Han returning. I had heard about this, and in the trailer, he's in scenes. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was going to be, like, a twin brother situation or if it was actually going to be him. But I do remember reading that Justin Lin, who directed this movie, I guess he was upset about the last movie, what kind of what we talked about, how they sort of just forgave Shaw for killing Han. Right. They thought that that was like a little bit like a cop out there yeah so he was like really excited he said to be able to bring han's character back 
it's weird because we've seen the scene of Han dying four times, three or four times yeah. now, and yeah. I don't really, it doesn't really add up what they're describing is that, like, Kurt Russell's character, they had a Fake, plot faked his, his death. death, but then Shaw thought he killed him, but then also DK thought he died, so it was, right. like, four different people. Yeah, it doesn't really add up, but I tried not to think too much about it. Well, no, they needed a way to bring him back in, I understand right. that. That's fair. But I think it was really fun. I think the humor was good. I think a lot of these characters were at their best. I thought what they gave Ramsey was great. I loved, like, the way that... Because, I mean, it was like, she's like, I don't know how to drive. (laughs) So there's this one scene where she's driving this truck, and she's just hitting everything. And, like, I loved that, because it's, like, play to their strengths. Like, she's Mm -hmm. a hacker, first and foremost, and not a driver. So I liked that... They worked with her, and I felt like Mia got to actually do things in this movie, because they brought her back. We were concerned with Mia coming back. We knew her character was going to be back. We thought maybe it would be to take care of Vin's son. Right. You know, because we knew Vin and... um, Letty. Letty were going to be, like, in the action parts. Obviously, their son wasn't going to be with them. Um, So we thought she was going to kind of be in that role. Um, but she actually got to do, like, I love the fight scene where her and um, Letty and Elle L were fighting yeah. inside that apartment in right. Tokyo. Like, yeah. they, And they got to do, like, really cool fight sequences. I like to see Mia, like, in the cars doing those action yeah. sequences. Again, Letty gets the shit kicked out of her. Right. You know, classic yep. Letty. Classic Letty. But I agree. I think, you know, Rome and uh, Taj being up in space, like, that stuff was all golden. I mean, the space thing was... Oh, so ridiculous. You know, but it was a fun way to bring back um, Bow Wow. Yeah, to bring um, back Twinkie. Uh, three, they brought back three cast members from Tokyo right. Drift. They brought back Sean, um, Twinkie, and I can't remember his name, but he was, like, involved, like, the mechanics right. of, like, the cars. Bringing them back. I'm sad that, they, you know, Sean didn't get to drive, right. you know, with them. Yeah, I mean, he got to fly a plane. He got to fly a plane, and they did bring them together at the very end, but I was like, I wish he would be, like, in the crew. Yeah. Because, you know, Tokyo Drift previously has gotten, like, is just its own separate entity, with the exception of Han. I wondered, too, because I read somewhere the reason that um, the actor, I think his name is Lucas Black. Lucas Black, yeah. The reason he wasn't able to be in the eighth movie is because he's was on NTIS New Orleans. Oh, okay. He's like a main gotcha. um, actor on that. And he didn't have like the time commitment. So I, I wonder if they were trying to find a way to bring him in. Right. And not have to have him in too many scenes. I see. Yeah. But. That's fair. I mean, that part, the space thing was just a little, you know. I will say though. Insane. I really liked how they went, like had Rome be really meta with him being like, are we in- invincible? Mm-hmm. He's like, because I, he's like, we should be dead. Like with all this, the things that we've experienced and all the stunts. And I'm like, we keep saying that right. every movie. We're like, how are these people still alive? So I liked that they kind of made that a thing, this movie where they're like acknowledging like, yeah, this is so over the top ridiculous. Like we should be dead given everything that we've experienced. Yeah. Um, I also like to see the, it was cool to see the flashback scenes. Yeah. You know, we don't, a lot of these characters, we don't really know a lot about their, like, upbringing. Right. Their childhood, minus a little bits here and there that are said. So to see kind of Dom and Jacob's backstory with Mia right. and sort of this complicated relationship they had after, yeah. after their father's death and, like, kind of a misunderstanding, it's interesting to see. Like, John Cena, to me, it's, like, weird because... He's so charming. Yeah. But also, like, I, j- I don't know that he's a great actor. I don't 
think so. I just think it's the fact that, like, he buys into it. Like, he yeah. just goes for it, I right. think, is what works yeah. for him. So I thought that was interesting. I like to have Cypher back. Yeah, I liked her, cause I liked her, like, kind of smaller role in this movie. Right. Um, I would agree with that. We got a small scene of Helen Mirren, which, you know. Uh, love it, as love always. It. Uh, Kurt Russell made a brief, brief yes. appearance. Which, love that. It's interesting because I like that they tied back to the first movie because that's when we find out, you know, Dom's dad had died because of a, a race, you mm-hmm. know, and he had beat somebody with a, you know, a wrench. That um, was why he went to prison initially. But I also felt like that was some of the weakest stuff of the movie. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, the misunderstanding bit, I just felt like that was so weak considering... Dom was so, is so much about family that he just immediately believes his brother killed his dad. Like, with no question, he just was like, you killed Mm -hmm. our dad, why'd you kill our dad? Also, if you lose this race, you have to leave and you can't come back. And I just, like, that was, I just don't know, that just seemed a bit silly to me. It it was weird, like, you thought he would have gotten a chance to explain his side of the story. And he didn't. And so that was, that was a bit weak to me. I did like seeing that, but I, like, in comparison with the rest of the movie, I thought that was probably the weakest stuff for me. Yeah, that's fair. I think both of us, the last, like, five minutes, we both teared up a couple times. I teared up when Han appeared at the thing and hugged, like, Rome and Taj and them, and I was like oh my heart and i teared up a yeah. little bit for me it was the end scene where sean and because i completely forgot i, forgot I was like oh they were in the movie together they, yeah because like they saw them like he hugged them as well yeah that that got me too and then when they left this open yeah. seat for brian and they're like the car pulled into the driveway they're like oh he'll be here soon yeah. like that a little bit you know, here's what I'll say is I thought that I was not going to enjoy this movie as much as I did. I agree. I thought it was going to be way over the top. I thought it was going to be, like, too much. But I think what I enjoyed was that I think the characters are strong enough to make it enjoyable, even if some of the, like, action and, and writing's not as strong. Right. Like, or I actually, I thought the the use of the magnet stuff, mm-hmm. like, was a fun way to make it not insane because yeah. you know we got to the point where like i was reading um somebody's review in the movie and they're like the first action scene with like the landmines and the swinging over tarzan swinging over a cliffside they're like that's like what the climax would have been in like the fourth or fifth movie right. and we're already starting with that yeah and so i liked that they they kind of were more ingenuity like the ingenuity involved in having these like electromagnets being like using that to to cause like a like a scene you know Mm -hmm. so i thought like the the set pieces were pretty fun and not like insanely over the top i mean the space thing was like i was like all right sure yeah but i i did like that the final like scene was went back to like driving and went back to like more of like car tricks right in a way like it, it felt more of like an homage to the original movies. Yeah. Plus we got like a a Han style mm-hmm. car again, which I was like, yes. yes. So, like yeah. bring back orange and black. I yeah, love it. but I mean I it'd be interesting. I think I want to watch this movie again in like a year. Yeah. Just to kind of see if maybe the hype and like maybe the fact that I got to go to a movie theater for the first time kind of clouded my vision a bit. Yeah, I kinda think that, that that might be part of it. Yeah, I wrote a note that I was like, I can't tell if I like this movie more just because I'm seeing mm-hmm. it in the movie theater and that whole thing or if it actually do really like this movie right yeah let's do favorites all right so i think my favorite character was probably ramsey in this movie 
I had a hard time because I I liked Mia in this movie. Obviously Han coming right. back. Yeah. But I think Ramsey like we never really get to see her do anything but hacking. Yeah. And so to get get to see her out of her become uncomfortable and be out of her <laughs> element. Yeah. It was cool to see, and I think she, like, was a big part of, like, why this movie worked for me. Yeah, I agreed. I picked Han and Mm Ramsey. I did the both of them. Um, Because I also, I really like the actress. Um, I think her name's Natalie Emmanuel. From Game of Thrones. From Game of Thrones. I, like, just like her as an actress in general, so it's fun getting to see her be in, like, this kind of role. For the same things you said and what I said earlier about her seeing her, like, being terrible at driving. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Han as well, just because he came back and he had, like, really great scenes with characters and and getting to see him Tokyo Drift. Mm -hmm. Like, he got to have that drifting scene and I was like, yes! Because, you know, like, they just kind of, like, dropped that whole thing. Right. The drifting bit kind of just, like, stopped. So I'm, I'm glad he got, like, one, like, very specific, like, here's your drift in the, you know, like, a similar orange and black car to his one from Tokyo Drift. Yeah. I think this movie I wanted to go with, like, a humor scene just because I felt like I could have picked mm-hmm. an emotional scene. There were a lot of them. Yeah. But it was it was Ramsey when she was trying to drive. Yeah. And she was like, you know, this car pulls up in front of her. And she, hits, she goes, that wasn't my fault. And then she hits another car. She goes, okay, that one was my fault. Yeah. Like, I really liked the scene with Helen Mirren mm-hmm. where she was driving, getting the driving. She's like, will you drive my getaway car for me? And he's like, no, I'll just, I'll be a passenger though. And just like her driving away and having that discussion. I thought that was really fun. So favorite line, I didn't like, I don't think I got it exactly right because I right. know, didn't write in purpose in person, but they were talking about like Star Wars characters. Oh yeah. And he's yeah. like, I'm like Han Solo. She's like, no, you're like Yoda. Yeah. And then she's like, basically you're like a puppet with a yeah. hand up its ass. Yeah. And I was like, yes. I, I don't know the exact one either, but they're in Edinburgh and they're trying to like look at people and like Rome's like, it's like, look at all these people. She's like, these two women are dressed up like George Washington yeah. with the white wigs on. And just like a lot of his humor was really funny, this movie. Yeah. Oh, my favorite car, I had to go with Hans, uh, black and orange. It was a 2020 Toyota Supra. Mm. So they upgraded his car. Yes. Uh, but it was pretty much identical because um, I think the to- it was a Toyota Supra. It actually in was Tokyo not. Drift. I looked it up. It was a Mazda. It was a Mazda, so it wasn't a Toyota. Okay. Yeah, but it looked very similar. But yeah, I just I think it was cool to because I know I'm, that's a really popular car from the franchise. Yeah. So I think it was cool to bring it back, but doing like an updated version of it was cool. That was my runner-up car. I ended up picking um, Helen Mirren's car mm. that she steals. It's a purple 2018 Noble M600. And I just, we don't really see purple cars that often mm-hmm. in this franchise. And it just like looked very sleek and cool. And like when I was watching it, the two cars I wrote down were Han's car and Helen Mirren's car. And like upon looking at the pictures of them after the movie, I just decided I liked that car better. Yeah, I mean, the bit. the other purple car I can think of, which I didn't end up picking, it was from the second movie. It was um, oh, Roman's, Roman's convertible. Car. Yeah. because Just because I love Suki's pink car so much Yeah, more, I know. Oh, my, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I would have right. picked that car had Suki's car not right. been in that movie, but it was so great that it deserved its recognition. All right, so we are going to get into Hobbs and Shaw, which technically takes place before F9, but we watched it after, so we're putting it last. Yeah, because it kind of functions as a spinoff of the series and now having watched it there really isn't anything that ties into the plot of f9 that's not like a minor thing right right so this movie came out in 2019 uh rated pg-13 in runtime of two hours and 16 minutes 
had a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 60% on Metacritic, and it grossed $760 million worldwide. It was directed by David Leach. I believe it's Leach. Okay. And it's, like you said, a spinoff set after the events of the 2017 Fate of the Furious. It follows uh, Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw, their own respective worlds, I guess I would say. Yes. And at some point there is supposed to be a sequel to this movie, which they kind of set up at the end of the movie. They do, yes. So the director actually makes a cameo appearance in this movie as the (laughs) helicopter Helicopter pilot for, um, what's it called? Edion? Edion? Idris Elba. No, no, no. Like the company. Oh, I don't know. I think it's Edion. I didn't pay attention to that. (laughs) Right. It's not knowledge I have anymore. Also, you get cameo appearances by Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart. Yes. And the director is actually the director from Deadpool 2. Ah, which makes sense. So it kind of sense. makes sense why, um, why Ryan Reynolds yeah. was there. I know Kevin Hart's a big, uh, or his friends, really good friends with Dwayne Johnson. Right. So yes. So it kind of Correct. makes sense why they're both in there. So after the entire, you know, they went through all the expenses, revenues from this film, the net profit was actually only $84 million. Yeah, I can... I can see that. I mean, it makes sense because if you think about just the budget for, like, the crazy stunts and all that, but then you also think about, like, the people who they had in the movie and who they have right. to pay and all that, it does make sense. So that's that's pretty much I, all I have. Here's my summary of okay. Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, I should say it's called, it's technically called Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs, Hobbs and, and Shaw. Shaw. Okay. But we're just going to call it Hobbs and Shaw for this sake. If you thought Dom's family was the only one in the franchise, you would be dead wrong. In this spinoff, we meet the Hobbs and the Shaw families. Masculine rage threatens to overtake the world when an organ-melting virus is in danger of being spread. Will this movie be overtaken by guest cameos, or will a true queen rise and save the day? Is that true queen Helen Mirren? No, the true queen is Helen Mirren's daughter. Oh, okay. Hattie. Hattie. I mean, yes, that's fair. <laughs> also too. Helen Mirren, but Helen Mirren was only in it for five minutes. Yeah, she was in the beginning and the end, you know, Yeah. being Helen Mirren. You know. She's, she's a busy. She's a dame. She's busy. She is a dame. And busy. Getting that. <laughs> okay, let's just... <laughs> so, how did you feel about this movie? Well, I went in not really knowing what to expect. I honestly... The only thing I knew about this movie was that it was Hobbs and Shaw, the two characters. And I was fully convinced that they were in prison at some point. But they must have used footage from the previous movie in the trailer, because I knew I had seen the trailer for this movie. And I was like, I remember them being in prison. So I guess they must have just reused footage um, for the trailer. From the Fate of the Furious when yeah, they were in prison. Yeah, because when they were in prison together. Yeah. It's interesting because there is almost absolutely no use of cars in this mm-hmm. movie. It is the furthest thing from a Cars movie. would never describe it as a Cars movie. It is fully a action-adventure not even, like, heist, but just, like, save the world action movie. Mm-hmm. And I like the two leads. They do blend well together. There certainly were a lot of celebrity cameos and roles in this movie, which is why it makes sense why it, it grossed, like, actual profits were so low, probably because of the amount of money they had to pay all these actors and actresses for. But it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was a fun movie. It wasn't one of my favorites, but, like, it's serviceable. It did what it needed to do. Got a few laughs. Got some, some good action scenes. I mean, I love Idris, so I'm not mad about him being in there, you know, being Black Superman and all. Mm-hmm. Totally content with that. 
I'm going to be honest. I was really dreading having to watch this movie. Okay. Because my problem with when Hobbs and Shaw were first, like, introduced to each other was that it was just, like, too much for me. It was too yeah. much, like, masculine energy. Too much like, toxicity. Right. And I was like, if I have to sit here and watch a whole two-hour movie of just these two men, like, I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. I was really happy about Hattie's character. Mm-hmm. Because I think she brought... She kind of, like, called them out on their shit multiple times. It was like, you guys clearly can't work together, so I'm right. gonna go. <laughs> and she's like, I'm yeah. not... I don't have to listen to you two. And I liked that we got a strong... Again, like, I feel like Fast and Furious is good with doing strong female characters. But yeah. they... At some point, they realized that it's helpful to have strong female characters. Yes. And so I liked her addition. I thought it was really smart to have her character. And I think she blended well with the two. I was kind of like, when I thought her and um, Hobbs were going to have, like, a romantic relationship, I was like, I don't need this. But then they kind of, like, glossed over it. So I was like, that's okay. Um, I didn't know Ryan Reynolds was going to be in this. No, and he played Ryan Reynolds. And it, like, to me, it worked. I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds. Right. So, like, it's gonna work. Like, when they were, him and his daughter were talking about um, Game of Thrones. Yes. I was like, this is great. Did you, okay, so I just want to make sure, did you watch all three end credits? Yes. Because there were three of them. Yes. Okay. Because I was, I always watch the end credits because I'm expecting at least one. At least one. And sometimes there's two. And then I was about to click off and all of a sudden another one popped up. So then I had to sit there and, like, make sure there was no more. But yeah, there were three end credit scenes. And I mean, I like Ryan Reynolds as an actor, but he's kind of gotten to a place in his career where he can literally just play himself in every mm-hmm. role. And I mean, for the most part, it works. So I'm not mad about it. But I was like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is in this. Oh, and he's playing Ryan Reynolds. Okay, great. Right. Great. I'm, I'm on board with this. This yeah. works for me. Um, I think, like you said, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with cars. It was weird because I ended the movie and I was like, oh, I didn't even pay attention to the cars because there really weren't many cars to pick from. When I went on the, um, we were, had been using this Fast and the Furious, like Wikipedia, for previous movies to look up cars, they only had three listed in yeah. the entirety of the movie. So I was like, all right, guess I'm going to pick between these three because I really can't remember any of the cars. Yeah. I also think maybe there were one too many big action sequences. They did tend to draw on for a really long time. And I'm not going to lie that I maybe skipped forward a little bit through one of the action scenes well because it was there was like an hour left and i was like this should technically be the final sequence yes and then there's still an hour and then there's another final sequence yes so maybe one too many final sequences yeah and lots of unrealistic stunts Mm -hmm. where i'm like the rock is sliding down a metal like wire down a building with his bare hands and his hands are totally fine. There's no rug burn or rope burn on his hands. He would have bleeding flesh for the amount of velocity and force that he, his his mass is flying down that building. Like, very, even more unrealistic than Fast and the Furious, some of these things. Like him pulling the Chris Evans, you know, the helicopter muscle grab from um winter soldier i think mm-hmm. or is it civil war where I he's think, holding the helicopter i think civil war we had one of those moments where the rock is holding a chain of a truck in one hand and then another chain for a helicopter and yeah. we had that like oh testosterone right. moment and i'm like all right well we already got this with chris evans and i liked that one already so we don't need this right it's not as good yeah did you notice the the director's voice for the like organization was ryan reynolds I kind of thought okay. it was. 
I was, like, trying to figure out, I'm like, it has to be one of these people, yeah. and also, because to Hobbs, he's like, you know, you you know me, but, or you don't, you'll remember me, or you don't know who I am, but you remember yeah. me. Yeah. Something like that. And I was like, well, probably is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Well, because I read, read originally, um, the role was supposed to be for uh, Keanu Reeves. Oh. And okay. it ended up, they just used Ryan Reynolds since he was already in the film. I see. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It was, it was okay movie. It's obviously... It's hard to compare this one with the rest of the franchise. Because it's so different. Because it's such a different yeah, movie. Yeah, I agree. It made it harder to rank for me, I think. I, I had a really hard time ranking this one because it, I didn't dislike it, Mm-mm. but I just, like, had a hard time figuring out where to put it within the movies right. because of the nature of the films. I just was having a really difficult time. Um, but, yeah, it was, um, it was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I will say this may be had some of the best, like, comedic writing. Yeah. This movie. Um, like, specifically written comedy, um, which, certainly there's comedy in the other movies, but writing-wise, I think it was probably the strongest in general. So that was nice. It makes sense because I think this is, this director, I think this is the only Fast and the Furious thing he's done. And he's from yeah. Deadpool, which it kind right. of has that comedy writing, and too. And that dry... So I think humor. it works in this in this movie. I know um, I had said, uh, I had seen in my research for F9 that the writer who had done F, the second Fast and Furious through 8, wrote this movie. Right. Because he did not write F9 because he was working on Hudson right. Shaw. So he was involved with this as well. So I wonder if just like the director-writer combo worked really worked well Worked out together. well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hmm. You ready to get into favorites? Yep. Who's your favorite character? I wasn't really sure who to pick. I liked Hattie, but I just ended up picking Hobbs because I feel like the story is more about him because you get him, like, going back home to his family and, you know, family. Very important. Family. I liked a lot of his, like, lines and stuff, so I ended up picking him. Yeah, I went with Hattie just because I, like I said, I liked, I appreciate what she brought to the film and I liked how she just kind of was like, I don't need this shit, like, I'm gonna do it on my own and like a strong independent woman character right so my favorite scene i really liked the comedic bit where they both pick a door to go through one has like one huge guy and the other had a bunch of guys and they're just like both on each side of the door and then they're trying to like do the face sensor and it was just like a lot of good comedic timing like with the action so i thought it was really fun yeah, I, I like that as well. Um, I actually picked the scene where Ryan Reynolds first shows up, just because I thought it it kind of surprised me because I wasn't expecting that, and just him talking with Hobbs' daughter and just being yes. like talking about uh, Game of Thrones and everything like that. I just thought it was a nice, um, it was a nice like pause in the movie from like all like the action and right. like the the seriousness. It was nice to have a little comedic moment like yeah, that. I agree. So for my favorite line, I don't have the first bit written down and then I couldn't find this quote online. So I'm just kind of ad-libbing for the first part. But it's when Shaw is talking to the CIA agent and he's like, you know what CIA and baseball have in common? Mm -hmm. Something like that. And the CIA agent says, people cheer when you hit them with a bat. (laughs) I was like, I'm like, that was good. I like, I wrote it that little end bit down because that made me laugh. And I'm like, oh, I liked that line. It was funny. Yeah, mine was, um, I think it was Hattie, like, Shaw and uh, Hobbs were doing some, like, bullshit thing, and she's like, I don't have time for your alpha male shit right now. Yeah. And I was like, that is me. Fair. Thank you, Hattie. Fair. <laughs> so, for favorite car, because there were so few, I just, like, hate monster truck, big dick energy, but, like, small dick energy, so I couldn't pick the one monster truck that they had, you know, 
So I went with the 2007 McLaren uh, 720S, which is a car that Shaw's driving. It's like a gray, like, sports car. I didn't really have a lot of options, so I just went with that one. Yeah, I picked the same exact one for yeah. pretty much the same exact reason. Right. Yeah. So that's that's Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Real takeaway here is that uh, please put Idris Elba in all your movies and I will watch them. Yeah. He, like, really did play a compelling villain. Plus, he's just, like, I just like him. He's Idris Elba. <laughs> he's that's Idris. fair. He's Idris. Yeah, okay. that's just part of it. So we are going to get into our rankings now. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be completely honest. This is probably my least solid ranking of mm-hmm. anything we've ever done because some of these movies blend together in yeah. my mind because they're so similar and then because they change so much. I just, like, I had a really hard time. Now, certainly there are... The end and the beginning are pretty solid, but in the middle, like, that it could gets. all change um, depending on yeah. how I feel I about mean, it's it. also the first time I've seen a lot of these movies. Right. Like, with a lot of our rankings, at least stuff I've seen more than one time, so it's easier to rank. But right. Yeah. So, um, do you want to start or you want me to start? I'll start. Okay. So, last place, I it's Too Fast, Too Furious. I don't really need to say much. It's just the writing was horrible to me. It was like the the least as a collective movie. It was the absolute worst. I I agree. I put Too Fast Too Furious as number ten. Uh, it did give us the greatest car of all time, being Suki's pink car. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to that car. That's probably other than Han's car from Tokyo Drift. That's my favorite car from any of the movies. But I agree. It's just it was not strong didn't utilize the characters the way they needed to acting was still not great story was pretty bad mm-hmm. so number nine i have um fast and furious the technically the fourth movie um i think with this one it suffered from a really bad like identity crisis like it was kind of stuck in no man's land it wasn't sure if it wanted to be a racing movie or an action movie and it just kind of fell flat in every facet I had the same. I had Fast and Furious, the fourth movie, as my number nine. Uh, I agree. It was just, like, not great. There were a lot of issues with, like, pacing and, like, like you said, the identity. Um, how they wanted to portray the story was not done super well. And it just wasn't as entertaining as some of the later ones would be in that kind of, like, heisty action-adventure movie. So it just doesn't rank very high for me. Mm-hmm. Number eight, I did Fast and Furious 6. Um, to me, this one, I don't think it works as a, as a movie on its own. It feels like a combo of number five and number seven. And when you watch it on your own, it just doesn't feel like a complete story, a complete movie. It just kind of leaves you like, okay, what, what I want more and I need like a, a, like a final wrap up and you don't get that. I agreed. Put Fast and Furious, uh, the sixth one, at number eight for the exact same reasons. It didn't, like I said, I think I got forgot who, like, the female, like, enemy was. I got them confused because I couldn't remember what movie it was in. I just, like, I feel like it really blends in and doesn't really have a distinct identity between five and seven because I feel like five and seven are very distinct movies for different reasons. It's sad because, like, that's, like, Letty's movie, and mm-hmm. I feel like she didn't really ever get a ton to do, and so I'm like, sucks that it just, like, wasn't that great. So, yep. Number seven, I went with The Fate of the Furious, which I believe is number eight. It is number eight. Okay. So you probably also put that? Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, so for me, this one was just way too chaotic with, like, the action sequences and the story, and I feel like 
the stakes weren't high enough in the sense that we all knew Dom wasn't actually against them. There was a reason we all knew that. And so it really didn't feel, I mean, Elena does get murdered. Like, that sucks. But for me, it's like we know he's not going to turn on them in the end. So it didn't feel like the payoff was ever there. I agree. It just, like, was super chaotic, and it's, like, the, oh, no, secret love child trope that I'm just, like, it's the same thing with, like, the amnesia trope, where I'm, like, okay, no, I don't need this, and, like, that end action scene took place for way too long when they're in Russia. Like, that was, like, the last hour of the movie was that end scene, and the submarine aspect was just okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was, it was fine, but it just, I feel like was too chaotic and not believable like believing that he's evil them believing like they they know he's not Mm -hmm. bad and so just like the stakes in that sense weren't there yeah so number six i went with hobbs and shaw um so i actually enjoyed this movie more than i thought i was gonna enjoy it i did like getting um a strong character with hattie and obviously love to see helen mirren and ryan reynolds and i think this one it's hard because it's, in terms of where it stands in, like, the franchise, it doesn't really, it's not really comparable to the, any of the movies because it's so different. But I think it's just, like, an average movie on its own, which is why I kind of placed it, you know, in the middle. Yep. <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, average movie. It was okay. Had a hard time figuring out where to put it. But it. I feel like it's better than the more chaotic, not super put-together movies. But... I didn't think it was as good as some of the other Fast and the Furious main franchise movies. So I thought that, like, a middle pack was a good place to put it. Okay, so number five, I have the Fast and the Furious. God damn it! <laughs> okay, this is getting a little creepy. I don't like it! Stop! I'm so worried that we're just gonna have the same order. Okay, so the reason I put it... Let, okay, I'm gonna put this out here first. The movie itself is not great. Um, but it started the franchise. It's actually about street racing. That's really all it's about. You get to know the characters and it's a fun movie. And if you don't, if you don't take it too seriously, if you don't really focus on like the awful CGI when they're using the NAS, like the writing's not great and some of the acting's not great. We've talked about it, but I think in terms of it, just like starting the franchise and being like nostalgic in that way, it, it works. Yep, I have The Fast and the Furious at number five. Uh, Pretty much the same reasons. I think that you're right. It's not well written. There's certainly a lot of issues. Again, it was 2001, so there's a lot of, like, bad CGI and camera work and stuff like that. And acting um, is not great, but it's fun, you know? And it started the franchise, and it's... The simplicity of it is nice with knowing how extreme and crazy it gets. Mm-hmm. It's like, sometimes it's nice just to have, like, a more simple story of stealing Panasonic DVD players. For those 200 bucks. Yep. <laughs> um, so number four, I have F9. Okay, so I, I might be a little bit biased because this is the only one that we've seen in theaters. Um, but it's funny. I think it was a funny movie. Obviously, we got Han back, which was just a huge plus. And I thought, for the most part, all of the characters were well-written characters. Some of the story plot I had a little bit of trouble with, but I mean, I laughed more than I have in a lot of these movies, and I thought it was heartwarming, like, getting to see Han in um, Sean's reunion, like, all that I, I enjoyed. Um, so, if I had not seen F9 in theaters, I feel like I would have put it at number four, but I ended up putting um, Fast 7 as my number four spot, um, 
I'm, I'll, I'll just say it up front. I think I'm totally biased and clotted on my judgment of F9 because the theater experience was so fun just in general that I feel like it made me think the movie is better than it actually is. Um, but Fast 7, I think, is a good... It's a good movie. It's got good action, um, good character dynamics and relationships, and, you know, you've got the emotionalness of Paul Walker passing mm-hmm. and having to find a way to change the ending because they had to they had to change the ending to fit that issue um considering he would not be able to be any um in any future movies but i thought it was really well done um and i liked a lot of the stuff they did but it's not my favorite of like the heist movies i guess is how i'll put it Okay, so number three I put... I think it's Furious 7. Furious 7? I'm pretty okay. sure. Um, <laughs> That's what I had written. I had written down Fast 7, <laughs> okay. but I might have just written it down I'm, wrong. Yeah, I wrote down Fast 7. Okay, I don't know. Sorry, Furious 7. I think it's Furious okay. 7, because it's Fast 5. Oh, you're right. Okay, okay. yeah. Um, anyways, regardless. So I, t- I put 7, and I agree with you. I think the ending was maybe my favorite ending of, of any of the movies. Um, I really actually like shaw jason statham as a villain i think he might be my favorite of the whole franchise i agree and so i like to get him that's where you get introduced to him as a character um i think a lot of the movie i think a lot of the things in that movie worked really well and i think it's a bit of the emotional impact as well kind of heightens that movie i want to say um but in terms of a a movie as a whole i thought they did a a good job especially for a movie that late in a franchise yeah so for number three i have um f9 now um some of it is just because going to a movie theater hadn't done it in so long and so getting to see i think the action in that environment like i feel like made it feel better than it was you got a lot of really good character dynamics some really good action scenes Mm -hmm. um i don't really particularly think John Cena is like the best like villain slash anti-hero um which is fine he's serviceable and but um but I liked getting Han back I liked that we brought Tokyo Drift back in like it actually felt like it was important to the franchise you know you brought back uh Sean and Bow Wow and um incorporated them in a way and I just thought it was, like, an all-around, like, fun, funny experience. And, um, you know, was f- totally fine to see as a first movie back in the theaters. Mm-hmm. You know, as now having seen this franchise, like, I'm not mad about it. It was a fun experience. Yeah. Number two, I went with Fast Five. Um, I think the reason that this one was so high up my list is because they fully committed to not just doing the straight up racing movie, as unlike what four did, and they just went completely for the heist uh, aspect, very like Ocean's Eleven. Um, but I actually think it really worked in the way they did it. I think the reason this one to me stands out so much is because this is like the first of that new idea and then obviously when you get to like six seven like they kind of do the same thing but this is the first time they really like pulled away from the racing and just were like we're gonna take this in a new direction because let's be honest if they had made nine movies just all of them about racing i think it would have been overdone and so having the i guess courage to be like we're gonna try something new and it actually working um i liked all the characters in this i think I like to see Mia get more screen time in this movie and just, like, the interactions interesting. So, um, for number two, I put uh, Tokyo Drift. And it's very interesting to me, like, when doing research, seeing that this movie is usually considered the worst of the franchise. Like, certainly now I think it has more of, like, a cult following. 
Um, but for a long time, it was considered the worst. Like, people really did not like it. Um, but there's something, like, not, like, endearing, but I just, there's something about it that I just really like that I think works really well. I, well, I mean, Han, I love Han. Um, I, it's not even, like, I don't even think Sean is that good, of necessarily that good of a lead. Um, but I just, like, the character dynamics, I think, are really good. Like, DK's a pretty good villain, um... You know, it is kind of like this high school, like, fish out of water high school story. Um, and it, But it has, like, a lot of fun elements. And I think uh, what I was talking about earlier is right where people have come to like it a lot more because it's, like, the last um, movie that is just focused on the cars and, like, street racing and that dynamic before we start to, you know, go off into, like, action-adventure heisting and crazy stunts and things like that. So there's just, like, a lot of really good things that I like about the movie. Mm -hmm. So number one, I obviously have Tokyo Drift. And I, when I watched this movie, like, I actually couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it. And it's, like, I love the characters in this. I think it's actually my favorite story, like, a collective story throughout. Um, Obviously, I love Han. I think Han might be my favorite overall character of the whole franchise if we're talking just in general i would agree with that okay and i mean i obviously love the drifting i love how they took the movie still made it about driving but introduced us to a new form of driving we had never seen drifting before in any of the i mean not really in the first two movies um and it's interesting how using a whole new cast of people for me worked in a way obviously it worked i ranked as my number one you get a new location like and i don't know i think and a lot of times in the later movies, I was like, I miss the simplicity of, like, a Tokyo Drift scene, just driving scene. And so, I think for me personally, it's, like, the overall story and everything, it's the best they've done. So, for number one, I have Fast Five. And um, I think you're right where you were talking about how, like, they decided to, like, take more of a risk and change the franchise to try to appeal to a broader audience. Um, and I think it, I mean, clearly it paid off. Um, I don't think you would be able to have 10 movies solely about racing cars. I don't think that would work and that wouldn't be as marketable and make as much money as clearly the franchise has continued to make throughout time. I think, though, that this is the best movie because it combines a lot of the elements from the first four movies but then expands on it because you get Han you get all the main leads back um together and you build this crew and just seeing all these people work together with these big budget like heist action scenes but you still get the cars you still get the good character dynamics my one one sad thing is that Letty's not in this movie because she's dead in quotes which really sucks because like could have really used her, I think. Um, but I think it's just, like, a really well-done movie. Like, it was really fun. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did, but I, like, when I was writing notes, I was like, I really like this movie. Plus, this gives us the introduce, uh, introduction to Hobbs, right? He's in this movie. Um, yeah. Because Elena and Hobbs both are introduced in this one. Right. 100%. Hobbs, uh, not Luke Hobbs. Or, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hobbs. Hobbs. I'm thinking yes. of Shaw. No, yeah, Hobbs. yeah. Hobbs, yes. Although Shaw's also his brother. Right, his yeah. brother. That's um, but, no, he's in six. Okay. Uh, anyway, I'm but getting, Hobbs. I'm getting <laughs> Yeah, Hobbs gets introduced as well, and it's just, like, it's a really well-done action-adventure movie, but it has good comedy and has heart, and I really liked it, and I think it's a really good movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not totally shocked that our... I, I'm a little shocked that we were so matched up just because I was having such a hard time ranking them. Same here. The fact that we matched up up until, like, halfway through was kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm not totally surprised about, like, the top because I think we, when we were talking about them, we obviously were more excited about certain movies. Than others, yeah. So I'm, I'm not too surprised we had similar ones up, up near the top. But I think overall, like, I don't know. Like, I, I like this franchise more than I was expecting to. Yeah, you know, I didn't really know what to expect going in because we're not car people. <laughs> you know, we... Uh, very limited experience, and this is, like, a big franchise for a lot of people. Like, a lot of people love these movies, and I understand why. Um, there's a lot of good elements. There's a lot of things that different people can like and take away from it. But it was it was fun, you know? It was a little hard when so many of the movies were got to the point where they were so similar that everything just kind of blended together yeah. in the middle there and that was kind of hard to keep watching the same kind of thing over and over again with some variation um but overall i i enjoyed a lot of it um just kind of it was just kind of fun to get to like step out of like our comfort zone of things that we're familiar with because we started this um podcast with pixar um because we wanted a movie franchise that was in our comfort zone that we are familiar with already. Um, and that way we could look into it more in depth. Whereas like this one essentially know nothing. Mm -hmm. So this is all coming at like a first look, first, uh, impressions from us. So it's entirely possible that this could change Mm -hmm. over time. And we now have to be committed to watching the movie. So, uh, I think there's like three movies scheduled to come out in the next two years, so. Yeah, so anytime a new movie comes out, expect a update episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the same thing that um, we've been doing for Pixar. Uh, spoiler alert, we'll be doing our, our Luca um, mini-sode next week. Yes. Luca has come out for Pixar. Uh, where we'll do like a little mini-episode just covering the movie. Um, so uh, you can expect those in the future as the movies comes out. Mm-hmm. As the movies come out. And yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. Yeah. If you uh, would like to share your favorite Fast and Furious movie, or Fast and Furious car, or character, whatever you would like to share about Fast and Furious, yep. you can uh, send us an email or, you know, message us on Instagram or Twitter. Yep, we will respond. Um, unless you want to talk about feet, and we will not respond, so please yeah. don't do that. We're still not taking any foot fetish no. um, emails, uh, stories. No, thank you. Please keep that to yourself. No, we will not accept. Um, But yeah, so thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Yeah, and I would like to just um, double down on that being the most disturbing thing from this franchise that I have ever seen. That includes the rat bucket torture. I would place Papa Dwight above that scene. I agree. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) On that note, um, have a good day. Yep. Uh, See you in the fast lane. Vroom, vroom. Zoom, zoom family (laughs) we would like to thank joseph mcdade for our intro music he provides free music available for all kinds of creative use the song that we used is called sunrise expedition and you can find it and his other music on his website josephmcdade.com if you would like to reach us you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com that's r the number three P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram by searching research rank repeat.